0: Well, good morning, Quest. How are you doing this weekend, this day, this morning? Uh, I'm Jeremy Shelley. I'm the youth pastor and uh, about to have some fun with you guys. Uh, Ross is out of town with his family on vacation, and when the senior pastor's away, the youth pastor will play. And so we're going to, that's right, we're going to have fun this morning. Um, no, I'm looking forward to, to sharing with you guys. And, and uh, if you will follow along with me, uh, I'm going to read the 23rd Psalm. The words are going to be on the screen, or you can uh, read in your Bibles as well. Here, follow along with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me pray for us. Well, Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for you, for your provision, for your kindness, Lord, for all the ways that you look out for us. Lord, we just pray that you will be here with us this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, transform us. Lord, let us uh, be made different today as we hear your word. Teach us. We love you. We thank you. We pray these things in your wonderful and holy name. Amen. Now, this may surprise you, but uh, I'm not a shepherd. And uh, shocking, right? Yeah, I know. Um And and the truth is, I, I'm pretty certain that most of you guys in here also have no idea what it means to tend sheep or to shepherd a, a fold. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, this is really only a concern for me as I think about this psalm, Psalm 23, and the idea of what it means to be satisfied with God as our shepherd. You know, what, what does that really mean? Truthfully, when I hear this language, I, I see mental pictures of a God leading us and protecting us. But I'm certain for a shepherd, there is far greater meaning here in the psalm. Now, I decided to do a little bit of research, and these words of David are packed full. Now, David was a shepherd himself, and, and uh, as a man, he because of his time as a shepherd, knew that he could slay a giant that other men feared simply because of all the time that he had spent protecting his sheep, protecting them from bears and lions and all kinds of other predators. Now, so this is a man who knows exactly what it means to be a shepherd. So then why is it so meaningful for him to call God shepherd? I began uh, reading a book written by a shepherd in his reflections on the 23rd Psalm. Uh, for so long, these verses have comforted many at the hospital bed or beside the grave, uh, but it's clear that they offer so much more to us than just consolation. To have a God who is our shepherd uh, means that we can live in freedom. There's true satisfaction knowing that our God cares for us the way that a shepherd cares for his sheep. As I read this book, um, I found that for this passage to truly unfold for us, we have to know uh, a couple of things about what it means to be a sheep and also to be a shepherd. Psalm 23 is written from the perspective of the sheep. And uh, that's pretty cute. I mean, sheep are cute animals, right? You know, and and, and, uh, throughout Scripture, we are likened to sheep. And really, who better to write from the sheep's perspective uh, than David, You know, who, who was uh, this man who tended sheep for a better part of his life? He knew them inside and out. And, and I love that he writes this psalm from their perspective uh, because, uh, well, many scientists through the years have tried as hard as they could to defend the intelligence of sheep, but to no avail. Uh, it's true sheep are very dumb animals and um, David knew it But he still took the place of the sheep in this psalm. now You I know what you might be thinking this isn't really meant for an insult to us You know, just think about it. Oh the bible just likened me to a stupid animal that you know that restores my soul I'm, so happy now i'm confident in who I am Well, the scripture really doesn't mean it this way Uh, Sheep are just an excellent animal to metaphorically speak to our need of a savior. There's a couple reasons for this. One, uh, they're defenseless. They're they're helpless animals. Predators are able to take advantage of sheep because they have few defenses. With the exception of a few breeds, sheep don't have horns. Uh, They can't fight. They're, They're natural prey and they require a defender. Also, sheep have no sense of direction. They wander to and fro, just driven by the desire to fill their stomachs. The greatest motivation for sheep is food. This is true. Uh, They will literally eat themselves into places of peril. There's story after story where sheep have gone grazing, trying to find food, and they found themselves falling off of a cliff. I mean, how dumb of an animal do you have to be to eat yourself to death? they're, They're longing to be satisfied with food really kills them, you know, but don't we display similar characteristics? No, we may not eat ourselves to death, um, but don't our desires put us into places of danger too? I mean, can't we find ourselves in circumstances of peril because we keep striving for satisfaction that never really comes? You know, we wander because we're not satisfied with our life. We want more or better. Or bigger. We, we see what's on the other side of that proverbial fence and, and we think that's going to make me happy. Or, or once that's in my life, uh, then I'll stop trying to achieve or to accomplish. I'll stop desiring that something more. But that really doesn't happen, right? For one reason or another, uh, we still desire. We'll always want more, whether it's after we get what we want or fail trying to do it. We discover that do- desire doesn't end. It's always about the next, the better thing. Uh, this kind of makes me think of my annual physical. Every spring I go to the doctor and, and uh, for the most part it's a pretty good visit until those last few minutes. you know, there, uh, there I am sitting on the table and the doctor's probing me and testing the tensile strength of my muscles. And, and it just sneaks up on me uh, when I realize the words that are about to cross his lips. You know, he'll say something like this, Jeremy, you need to get outside more. You need to go for a run or a bike ride. You need to get fit. You need to be more active. And, and I'm sitting there lowering my head in defeat, thinking, yeah, I know, that's right. I'm going to go get fit. I'm going to try. And then once November comes, it's going to be that downward spiral back to the mushy middle that I like to call it. Now, I want to have a P90X body. I mean, but it's really hard to stay fit in the winter. And this becomes this vicious cycle for me. You know, always striving for that thing, but ending up right back where I began uh, at the uh, beginning of the year. This is how it feels when we get trapped into that cycle of wanting something. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, It could be your desire for uh, a bigger house, a newer or safer car, nicer clothes, a thinner waistline, a fulfilling relationship with someone of the opposite sex, uh, that next promotion, or being free from the weight of debt, or even just to escape your current situation. You know, we want all kinds of things. And and whether we get get them or not, they always leave us wanting more. We aren't satisfied with them. And so we go and we wander some more looking for something else that we think is going to satisfy us. It could even be a deeper relationship with God. But this is the nature that we have. We're wanderers and God knows this. And that's why he refers to us as sheep. Sheep wander. They can't help it. It's what they do. It's it's what we do. So... I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but anytime I think about uh, desires, I think of this one episode in Seinfeld where, where Kramer decides that he's going to move to California so that he can have a better life. Here, watch the screens uh, with me as we watch Kramer uh, talk to George about yearning. Is, uh, is that the transaction, trading key? Because Elaine has my keys. But well, you can get them back. I suppose I could. Because you see, George, having the keys to Jerry's apartment. That kept me in a fantasy world. Every time I went over to his house, it was like I was on vacation. Better food, better view, better TV. Playful. <laughs> Ignore this squalor in my own life because I'm looking at ahead life through <laughs> through living in the twilight George. living in the shadows living in the darkness like <laughs> you <laughs> I'm not wasting. <laughs> I crave. I crave all the time, constant prayer. I haven't you look at you. I'm crazy, No, it's stop. You're wasting your life. I am not. What you call wasting, I call living. I'm living my life. Okay, Mike, what? No, tell no, no. Do you have a job? No. you got money? No. No. Uh-huh. Fudge since I was in that Woody Allen. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty? <laughs> that was one line. You got fired. Oh, I know, but man, I never felt so alive. <sighs> are you coming with me? Uh, No. Why <laughs> um, not? You said yourself. Look, let's keep this between you know, us. We're key brothers. <laughs> You're not really going to go to California, are uh, you? Up here? I'm already gone. Well, I could keep watching that all morning. Uh, you know, Kramer, he goes to California, but guess what? He comes back uh, because he realizes that life is the same there as it is in New York. You know, sure, the people are different and the experiences are a little different, but at the end of the day, it's still the same. You know, he still yearns, and, and really, this is how it works for us, too, we yearn, we long, we want, and it just keeps going on that way. We're like sheep wandering to and fro, uh, looking for more grass to fill our bellies. And as difficult as this is for us to accept, we have to, but there's hope. Uh, there's hope because we have a shepherd. You see, it's the shepherd's job to care for the sheep. The shepherd is the one who leads the sheep to the safe places where they can graze and eat. Uh, the shepherd is the one who fends off the predators and the shepherd is the one who provides water for the sheep so they don't have to thirst. It's the shepherd's job to do all of this. Now, think about that for a minute. If the Lord is our shepherd, then he takes care of us all the time, over and over. And if we're his sheep who cannot care for ourselves and wander aimlessly even into apparel, our safety, our provision is found in him. Now, David knew what it meant to be a shepherd. He knew the care and attention that it took uh, to lead sheep it 's not an easy job, but it means and it means constant guidance. You see sheep, if left by themselves, uh, they will not thrive uh, they 'll overgraze pastures they 'll drown in search of water and they 'll live in constant fear, restlessness from danger let 's look again at verse two of psalm twenty three He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. David knew how difficult it was to get sheep to lie down. Uh, You see, sheep are naturally restless. Uh, To lie down, sheep have to be free from all fear. There can't be any tension in the fold. And and the shepherd has to make sure that their wool coats are are clean and, and free of parasites. Uh, He uses the oil to do this, which we read about in verse 5. And the sheep, they cannot be hungry. Otherwise, the sheep will wander, looking for safety and trying to settle tension, scratching their coats and searching for food. Can you imagine how much care a shepherd has to have for his fold to make sure that every single sheep is comfortable? Much of that comfort does come from the proximity of the shepherd to his sheep. A good shepherd... He spends much of his time watching his sheep, cleaning them, feeding them, protecting them, and comforting them. It's it's a long and hard job that never ceases, and only good shepherds end up with healthy sheep. One of the best sources of water for sheep, it's the dew that forms on the grass in the green pastures in the early morning. Uh, Sheep. They naturally rise early in search of this, uh, but a good shepherd, he will get up early with his sheep and lead them right to these pastures in the morning so they can eat uh, and, and quench their thirst. It's a sacrificial job, but necessary for a healthy fold. Now, I'm sure that most shepherds would like to sleep in, um, but the good shepherd, the good shepherd is faithful to his sheep and he does what is necessary uh, for their benefit. And after sheep eat uh, in the morning, they can rest under the shade of a tree during the heat of the day. They don't have to keep looking for food or water. The, the shepherd does all of that work for them. He leads them right to the place of the choicest grass. Now, this makes me think of how rich time with God early in the morning is. You know, like when you get up early before the sun and before the kids um, and you read and you pray. It's like the dew-drenched pastures to the sheep. After a time like that with God, we can sustain anything that comes our way during the day. A shepherd knows what's best for a sheep. A shepherd knows how much it will cost him to care for his sheep. A shepherd knows that even though he chooses to lie down with the sheep and sing to them, now this is important, even though he chooses to lie down with the sheep and sing to them, that they will still wander away from him. He knows that he'll have to chase after that lamb and bring it back to safety. And he knows that this will be a continual process, but he still goes about doing it lovingly because he knows this is what it takes to be the good shepherd. You see, there are other types of shepherds out there. There are shepherds who lock their sheep in a pen and make them graze the same pasture day in and day out. Uh, shepherds who barely look in on, the, on their sheep to see if they're safe, uh, to see if they're clean, to see if they're well nourished. Uh, and the sheep that have an owner like that, they have very difficult lives. Uh, they have to defend themselves from the predators because the fence isn't enough to keep, keep them out. They need a rod and a staff to kill them and snatch them back from, from danger. They'll, they'll never know what it means to graze the green pastures that are rich and wet with the morning dew because they trample uh, their own pasture day in and day out. They eat the grass down until the land is barren. When I was a teenager, uh, my dad finally gave me the responsibility of of mowing our lawn, which was a huge thing. I loved it because I got to you know run the mower and the weed eater and the edger, which were two different things back then. You know, this edger was this thing that had this Metal blade that was exposed and it spun and if you got offline it would hurl concrete at your face I mean, it was a big responsibility to some of y'all know what i'm talking about. You're like i've got scars From that thing. Um, it was a big responsibility um, and and once that the newness of it all where where it wore off, you know And I was like i'm done with the responsibility and I knew how hard the work was and how hot it was to do it Especially in the middle of texas in the summer You know, I finally started saying, man, it would be so nice to have a fold of sheep just to graze our lawn so they could keep it short for us. You know, it was a great thought, but the reality is that a fold of sheep will destroy a field because they overeat it. Without a shepherd guiding them to new pastures every day, sheep will devour their only source of food until it can't even grow back. Sheep without a shepherd are helpless. If they go in search of water, To the deep valleys, they risk drowning because their wool becomes so heavy under the weight of the water and they can't swim. Shepherd, uh, sheeps need a shepherd. Almost every wandering defenseless step of the sheep can lead to danger. Sheep without shepherds have difficult lives. Now listen to the language of David in this psalm again and and notice how he's not speaking to his shepherd in, in the first three verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you hear that? David is using the third person to talk about God. He's declaring who his shepherd is. In this passage, he's actually boasting to the other sheep about his shepherd. It's as if he's saying, my shepherd is so good to me, you have no idea what you're missing with your shepherd. Your shepherd doesn't care for you the way that mine does. Your shepherd your shepherd doesn't love you the way that mine does. Your shepherd doesn't make you calm enough to lie down in the green pastures and sit by the quiet waters early in the morning. And your shepherd doesn't make sure that your coat is clean and beautiful. Your shepherd leaves you wanting. With my shepherd, I have no want. This is the very best life that I could imagine. I don't even yearn for a better life because my shepherd is the Lord and he is the greatest. Wow. And then in the next three verses, David addresses his shepherd, the Lord, directly. There's a shift here. Follow along with me in in verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. See, now he's telling God why, what he's so grateful for. He says, my shepherd, my Lord, your strength cannot be matched. There is no enemy that you cannot defeat with your rod, the extension of your right hand of judgment. There is no trial or calamity that will befall me that you cannot snatch me uh, back from with your staff, your your shepherd's hook of correction. Even though I wander, you still bring me back. If only I could be chained to you, then I could always be under the cloak of your safety, uh, the safety that comforts me. And you, O Lord... My shepherd, you prepare the pastures of the highlands, my table, where, it, where it's best for me to graze, to get full, to get fat, and to get healthy. You go there first. You scout out the hard places, and you watch out for the lurking enemies that are waiting to pounce on me, and you stand with me as I eat so that I am safe My enemies that want to harm me know that when you are around, they cannot get to me. They know that you will destroy them. How good it is, my shepherd, to be close to you. And that's awesome. It's beautiful. You see, the sheep know that when they're close to their shepherd, they won't be harmed, even when their enemies are near. David wrote this psalm to celebrate God to celebrate his life with God. He wrote it to talk about all the ways that the Lord has provided for him, has protected him, even while his enemies were near. He wrote it to boast about the goodness of his shepherd. He wrote it to remind the other followers of God that they will never have want, that they will always be cared for, that they will always be safe with their shepherd. You know, this psalm helps us to visualize the journey that a sheep uh, would take with his shepherd on his way to the high country where the good pastures are. And, and then that return back to the safety of the shepherd's house. It's a psalm encouraging us not only to be content with our shepherd, but to be proud of him for his love and provision. It's an encouragement to not wander any, wander anymore, but to stay close to our shepherd to stay as close to him as possible because that's where it's the best. You see, all of the things that we yearn for and desire that, that aren't God, those are really like those other shepherds that don't tend to their sheep. They'll always keep us wanting. They won't protect us. Uh, they'll lead us astray. That's why we should only strive for God, only for Jesus, the good shepherd, because with Jesus we experience true freedom true satisfaction and true safety so this morning let us boast in the name of God let us yearn for him let us be thankful for all that all the things that he does to protect us to provide for us to bless us let us thank him for his sacrifices and and let us draw close to him in the early morning as he sets out a table for us even in the presence of our enemies now I can't think of a closer place uh, to be with Jesus in the table he laid out before us on the eve of his crucifixion. This is God's greatest sacrifice uh, for us. It's in the picture of his death on the cross that we can see how he truly loves us and how much he will give in order that we might be saved from our enemies. Communion is an opportunity uh, for us to remember what God did for us on the cross. It's a chance for us to recount how lucky we are to have a Savior, a shepherd who loves us that much, to die on a cross. So this morning, we're going to celebrate communion. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and uh, they're going to play for us as as we receive this communion. And, and uh, we're going to do this a little differently today. Uh, I'm going to have you get up out of your seats and come down to these tables. And, uh, and you're going to pull off a piece of bread, and you'll dip it into the cup and receive communion that way. If you can't make your way down here, if you'll just raise your hand, we'll have someone come back and and serve you communion. But as you take the elements, uh, I want you to do this. I want you to thank God for His provision in your life. For saving us even though we're still wandering. And, And I want you to also consider all the ways that that you are wandering right now from Christ. Examine your heart. Think about those places and consider what it would take for you to release those desires and then choose to stay as close to your shepherd as possible. On the night before Jesus died, he met with his disciples and broke bread with them to symbolize his body being broken. This is the bread. He then poured the wine for them that was to represent his blood that would be spilled so that his followers wouldn't have to suffer eternal death, but have eternal life. He took their place as the sacrificial lamb. So this morning, we're going to celebrate God. We're going to boast about our shepherd by remembering him through communion. Now the band's going to play one more time for us, Come Now Fount. I chose this song because it's really an anthem to us as sheep to remind us what it takes to strive to be as close to our shepherd as possible, even though we're prone to wander. It's a declaration of us to God saying, seal my heart, chain me to you, God, so that I can't ever wander away from you, so that I can be as close to you as possible. Let me pray for us this morning. Well, Heavenly Father, you are a good shepherd. You care for us in so many ways that we don't deserve or even know about. Thank you so much for your provision, for your kindness, for your love. Thank you for watching out for us when we wander away from you and coming after us and bringing us back to your fold. Lord, we celebrate you for that. Jesus, thank you so much for your death on the cross, saving us, saving us from eternal death and allowing us to have eternal life in relationship with you, Lord. Jesus, we praise your name. Now, Lord, I pray that we would strive to cling to you as much as we can. Lord, chain our hearts to you so that we can't wander and we can live the very best life that is possible. Help us to boast in you, Lord. I pray these things in your wonderful and your holy name. Amen. Now come down to the front and receive communion as you feel ready. Thank you.